first reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning at verse 42, and you will find it on page 1033. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. If you are able, would you please stand for the gospel? And the gospel is found... In Matthew chapter 5, uh, beginning at verse 21, and you'll find that on page 917. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to that person then come and offer your gift. This is the gospel of the Lord. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. And Lord, as I speak, may we all hear what you want to say to us this morning. May we hear words which will encourage us, build us up, Give us a greater determination and commitment, Lord, to you, and to your service, and to one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Connect. That's what Jesus endeavored to do throughout his whole ministry, to connect with the people he came to save. And that same Jesus is here in our midst this morning. And he wants to connect with us and us with him. And the purpose of what I'm going to say this morning is to help us to have a, an even better and closer connection with him. Connect is, as you probably know by now, certainly if you've been here for the last two or three weeks, and heard this morning, is, is the name that we've now given to the new small groups. Small groups of church members 
who many of us have been meeting in small groups uh, for many years. And dare I say, we were called cell groups. I don't know, do I have to pay a fine now? Uh, We were called cell groups. But it's not the name which is important. It's not the name which is important. It's what we do which is important. Connect, when I heard the new name, what came to my mind was Connect Four. I don't know how many of you have... uh, know that game and played that game. It was first produced in, I think it was 1974, somewhere around that time. And uh, I am one of the parents and grandparents whose uh, children and later grandchildren come and try and cajole you uh, to play the game with them because you know that you'll let them win. In the context of of where we are and what we are doing and plan to do, connect four. Can we have the next? Connect four is an appropriate heading for the reading from Acts. If you've still got your Bible with you, open up that page. I think uh, you said it was 1,133 page. How did the members of the early church connect? And what did they connect for? Well, let's look. Not only do we have a specific list of things, but things that we can read into this passage. First of all, they devoted themselves to what they did. They devoted themselves. Uh, they, were, they were committed. They were committed uh, to doing what they were doing in serving the Lord. And as a result, each one began to grow spiritually. There was teaching. There was also, as a result of teaching, learning. They enjoyed fellowship. They were pleased to be in each other's company. Can you look around this morning and look at each and every one and say, I'm so glad you're here. They broke bread together, which signifies to me hospitality. And that's a very important part of church connection. They not only prayed with, with and for each other, but rejoiced in seeing their prayers answered. How much do we rejoice in seeing our prayers answered? We so often uh, pray and ask God for things, and, uh, and, and God answers our prayers, and we forget to thank him. But they not only prayed for each other, they saw the answer to their prayers. And we are told all the believers were together. That suggests to me that in their hearts and in their minds there was a unity of purpose. What's more, they really looked after and looked out for each other and for each other's needs. 
sharing what they had got. They expressed their joy and happiness through praise and, and worship. And they not only enjoyed being members of the church, but they were also excited about it. There were no long faces. There was no griping. There was no grumbling. As a result, as I've said, the church grew, not only in numbers, but also in their understanding of what Christianity and church life is all about. What is described here in Acts is what was happening throughout the church and not just amongst a few of its members. Please, Lord, give each of us a desire and longing to pray, to work, and to build a church family like that early church. Make each of our connect groups into building blocks which replicate those of the early church. That's my prayer. How about yours? A few days ago, I had such a strange thought, I suppose being such a strange person, but I had such a strange thought. I was eating a slice of bread, and that's why, I don't know whether you can see it, this is why. This is, Mike, could you come and hold, just come and hold that up for me? I was eating a slice of bread and jam at the time, and with each bite, the thought came to me, there are exactly the same ingredients in each piece you are eating. The same ingredients in each slice. The same ingredients in each loaf. And in the whole batch of loaves made from that same lot of dough. And at that moment, I noticed a crumb had dropped down on my, the, the jumper I was wearing at the time. And I said out loud, and in that crumb. Little did I realize that I was being given an illustration to share with you this morning. Because the fact is that if we change the analogy to the church, then the whole worldwide church is that a batch of dough which is made into loaves, which is a church in different parts of the world. And here we are a slice of that bread. And the, the connect groups will simply be a portion of that slice. And each of us is a crumb. I'm not being rude. <laughs> the one thing wrong with that in analogy is that in the church, the order is rather in the reverse. Because God has given to us as individuals the crumb, an opportunity to have a relationship with him and a right relationship with each other. And we have to get that right we have to get that right. Following the example of the early church helps us towards that end, as do the warnings Jesus gives us in our gospel passage today. 
that gospel passage is actually part of the Sermon on the Mount, which begins with the Beatitudes. Did you learn those when you were at school? It goes on to speak about our being salt and light and reminding us that Jesus himself is the fulfillment of the Jewish law. And then we are introduced to subjects which we might not want to talk about. Murder, adultery, and divorce. What a shock that must have been to his listeners. What a contrast from our reading in Acts. And we only heard the bit about murder. Listen again to what it says. I'm going to read from the, somewhere I've got my Bible, from the message. You're familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who, is, who so much is angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother idiot and you just might find yourself hauled into the court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister and you are on the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. This is how I want you to conduct yourselves in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you. Abandon your offering. Leave immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then come back and work things out with God. Here Jesus clearly reminds us that it's not only our actions, but our attitudes and even our thoughts, which can often are wrong and so cause death and destruction and get us into trouble. They cause us to sin, for a start. Our entire way of behavior in every situation matters to God. And our relationships with one another matter to God. The later chapters of Acts and many of the epistles tell us very clearly that the, the good life of the early church didn't continue as it had begun. Arguments over doctrinal issues occurred, as did the way church members behaved towards each other. Yes, even the members of the church fell out with each other, and troublemakers infiltrated the church. I'm not suggesting there are any troublemakers here this morning. It was the likes of, uh, of Paul and John and, and James who, who wrote letters and, and visited places in an effort to, to sort out the various problems, giving godly advice and reminding church members of what they ought to be doing and how they ought to be behaving towards one another. Yesterday morning, my Bible was lying open on my, on my desk. 
and uh, it was open at Romans chapter 13. It, I just opened it, it was just opened at random. And the verse that caught my, my, my eye was, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. To love one another. The message puts it like this. Don't run up debts except for the huge debt of love you owe each other. Look around at the people here this morning. We each owe a debt, the debt to love one another, to be united, to be connected, not only with each other, but of course with God. I love the members of the cell group I have belonged to now for a number of years. I've said it again, cell group. <laughs> Another fine. So remember, it's now connect group. And it won't change. It won't change. By changing the name, it won't change, I believe. Or will it change those of us in the group? I don't know. Only God knows that. And I hope he does change us in some ways. Don't you, Em? And Alex? Over the years, several people have come and, and gone and left us for various reasons. Three of them have moved away from Whitstable. But you know, they still contact us. They still contact us regularly uh, and say, we miss you, we love you. Those of us in, this, in the group that I'm in have all gone through various degrees of ill health. All know what it's like to cope with family problems. All of us have encountered family or close friend bereavement, as well as confessing our weaknesses to one another. We encourage each other by recognizing each other's strengths and, of course, recognizing each other's spiritual gifts. Oh, yes, at times we disagree with each other. We disagree with each other. But we have learned and are learning to disagree agreeably. To disagree agreeably. And what a difference that makes. When even having disagreed with the person sitting next to you, you can laugh about it. We, of course, as I say, laugh a lot and get excited when discovering things in the, in the Bible that we never noticed before, particularly when we recognize the significance of those things to our lives. We pray for each other, not just when we meet once a week, but we pray for each other each day. We share our blessings and we share our disappointments. 
But all the time we realize that God is good. We can honestly say we have all experienced the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. What a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus, our risen, ascended, ascended and glorified Lord. Oh, and here comes the big confession. We still have a long way to go. We still have a lot to learn. Yes, about each other and about the things of the Lord. We pray that we become more and more like Jesus. But there's always, it seems, a long way to go. But he's working on us. He's working on us. He's showing us new things all the time. And we long to see the whole church, the, if you like, the whole slice, to go back to the analogy of a, a little while ago. He longs to see the whole church, the, the whole slice, develop and grow spiritually. And connect groups help us to do that. Because if we only uh, uh, rely on the food that we get on a Sunday morning, we're going to go hungry, spiritually hungry, and even starve. And so we, we have to feed one another. We have to feed one another. And that's what we try to do and will try to do and hopefully all those in groups will say, yes, that's what we try to do, to feed one another. We will be praying in our group for that to be happening in all our groups, to fulfill another longing of our Lord himself, that the church may be one. As connect groups, Let's then follow the example of the early church as relayed to us in Acts chapter 2 and verses 42 to 47. To be built up in order to build up. To be built up in order to build up. Look upon your church group, either the one you are already uh, in or the one you plan to join, as a, a, as a building block or as a fragment of bread, which with other fragments put together make up the whole slice. Work to see the gradual fulfillment of the words of Jesus when he said, and here I'm quoting from the message, I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. In other words, can we have the last slide, please? Connect for you. Connect for you. What's it going to mean? What are you going to do in your 
connect group. What are you looking for? What are you wanting? Have you a hunger and a thirst to learn, to share, to enjoy each other's hospitality in a new and wonderful way?